but he has given us something called choice, right? And if you make the right choice, you get the blessings of God. If you make the wrong choice, you get the curses. Check this out. God created both of them. Blesses and curses. He created them. And both of them have purpose. Jesus broke the curse off your life. You ought to shout hallelujah for that one. And so everything that, listen, everything that was meant for you that was evil, when you accepted Jesus, it broke the curse. It is something that the curse gets broke, but yet we want to go back and relive a curse. And so God says, just make a choice. So let's go, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter number 30. In this particular book, Moses is challenging the people now that they have been freed, they have been delivered from Egypt. The God of all God showed himself to be faithful. He produced miracles, signs, and wonders and brought them out from a slave master who was abusing them and brought them into his will. He freed them from oppression. And now Moses is talking to the people, trying to get them to remain faithful to a God who has been faithful so that they can receive the promises of God and go into the promised land. He was trying to get them to understand how important it is to trust God. The second thing he was trying to do is trying to get them delivered. And so he was sharing with them, make a choice, choose God, because if you don't, back in Egypt where they worshiped all kind of foreign gods, those things are making your mind think about stuff it shouldn't be thinking about. Back in the days before you accepted Jesus, there were foreign gods that made you think crazy and want to please yourself. And so Moses is teaching them throughout this entire book in Deuteronomy for a mind transformation because if they could get their mind lined up with the heart after God, then they will have no problem choosing God over choosing themselves. Have you ever been challenged with choosing God's way instead of your way? Huh? Anybody in here been challenged? Yeah, all right, I knew the right crowd would be here tonight. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter number one, I mean chapter 30, 
verse number one. <clears throat> it says, now it, came, it, now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessings and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God drives you. And you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to some of the commands. Okay. According to all that I command you today, you and your children with, with all your heart and with all your soul that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. Here we see a picture in where repentance, no matter what happens, once you belong to God, God said, if you return to me, I will love you up and fix you right and get all of that ugliness that you went and got in. I, I will get all the mud off of you because you're my child. I chose you. And he's speaking to the Israelite. <clears throat> but that is a picture of him speaking to the family of God. Sunday, I preached that you're on the team. You are in the family. If you know that you're in the family, my mother always taught me, boy, if you if you belong to this house, you better act like it. <laughs> so so we have to understand that if we belong to the family of God, then the world should see difference in us. If we belong to the family of God, the world should be barking at you. If you belong to the family of God, expect the people to lie on you. If you belong to the family of God, expect things to go wrong in your life. The only reason why God allows things to go wrong in your life so he can show up and show how right he is. Amen. It is not a time for us to panic and go into a fear state and then make the wrong choice. So he says to us to choose Make a choice. He's talking to the, the um, Israelites and telling them, look, blessings are curses. But all you really have to do is obey God. I'm, I'm going to get down until we get to the seventh verse and we're going to stop. <clears throat> okay. If any of you are driven out to the farthest parts under the heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you. Now that's big. What God is saying is that no matter how far you get, you can never get too far away from me where my arm cannot reach you. Amen. And from there, he will, br he will bring you. <clears throat> then the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possess and you shall possess it. Now, check this out. Now, this is where it gets good. It, you have not been disqualified because you messed up in life. 
Okay? A whole lot of time we, come, we, 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 we talk about what we've done wrong and the enemy always wants you to think about what you've done wrong and he wants you to think about what you cannot do. Because the longer you think about what you cannot do and what you've done wrong, you have really fostered yourself into becoming your own God. Because you have made it about you. And God wants you to make it all about him. And so when you make everything about God, you know that no matter what you've done, God, God sees everything and God can reach you. And so God says, even if you have gone wrong, no matter how far you get, I'm going to come and get you. I'm going to bring you back. And then he says, the things that, were, the things that you were meant to possess, you will possess them. That's the predestination that he has in mind. He has predestined you to be on top. And because that is your destination, the promises of God is to raise you up. That's why he says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And see, when you lift up the name of Jesus, that's when the draw starts happening. And so the enemy wants you to start thinking about self. And that was the trick from the beginning, and that is what the enemy is using now. It's really not about you. Say it. It's not about me. Say it again. Say it one more time. I almost believe you. I got to hear it one more time. Yeah, now, yeah. See, see, it's really not about you. That's why Jesus said, in order to follow after me, what do you have to do first? The very first thing he says is you have to deny yourself. If that's what he says, why is it that we are followers of Christ and we always talk about what they did and what they did to me and, oh, I'm this and I'm that. And, you know, really? You have not mastered denying yourself. And the reason why he wants you to deny yourself is because self is the biggest issue, not the devil. The devil's not the big issue. We blame everything on the devil. We cannot give him that much credit. He got kicked out of heaven. We got brought in. How about that? <laughs> Amen. Then the Lord will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall what? Possess it. Ooh. And here we go. He will what? Wait, wait. So, so even if you wandered, when you come back, God says, I'm going to prosper you? How many of you messed up before? How many of you know God is going to prosper you? See, I didn't get a loud amen on that. I, see, see, because the enemy will get you to look at current circumstances. And when you look at your current circumstances, you don't see the power of God at work. You know what I understand? When, when God sent Moses into Egypt, he had already delivered them out of Egypt. 
He just needed to work them through the process that he had already done. What am I saying? God has already prospered you. But as long as you talk about what you don't have, what you can't do, you are speaking death into the life in which he called you. Therefore, you are working against the power of God that is working through you. You are working against it. You ever get in a swimming pool? When I was a kid, I used to get in the swimming pool and everybody in the pool had to get up against the wall. And then they make everybody walk in the same way along the outskirts of the pool. And then after they get us going real fast, they tell us to turn around. And you try to walk against the water while it's coming at you, just wash you back the other way. And that's how we are in our finite mind. We start thinking too much instead of believing what God has said. He is not going to lie. He is going to prosper you. Yeah, now you, are, now you should get happy. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It was one day they looked like they were going to be stuck in Egypt and making bricks. The next, listen, another, a week later, they were, had all the wagons and all the silver and gold that was in Egypt taking it somewhere else. Won't he do it? God will do it if you believe he will do it. He will prosper you and what? Multiply you more than your father. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendant to love the Lord your God. With what? All your heart and? That what? That you may live. So wait a minute. Now that scripture is good because it says that we must love God with all of our, our heart and our mind. And then it says if you don't, because it says if you do, you live. So if you don't. So, so check it out. If you don't love God with everything, your whole heart and your mind. See, most of us will give God our heart. But you don't want to give them your mind because you're so used to giving people a piece of your mind. (laughs) Caught up in a world system that you don't belong to anymore. Your citizenship has been revoked from worldly living. You are now a citizen of the kingdom. Act like it. Believe like it. If you believe that you are a child of the most high king, you ought to expect God to do something magnificent in your life every day. Uh huh. Verse seven. Here we go. Verse seven. Here we go. Verse seven. Somebody read it. Uh oh. What? Wait, 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 wait. You mean the enemy that has come against you, God will put curses on your enemy. That's saying God will fight for you. 
So, so once you look, fall in love with God and give him your heart and your mind. Go ahead and say, that's easy. Now say it again. Say it one more time. All right, because I'm tired of hearing the, the, the people of God talk about how hard it is to live after God. Okay, we're going to break that curse tonight. Say it again. That's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy to give God your whole heart. It's easy to give God your whole mind. The only thing that gets in the way is you. That's why we're going to start doing a lot more fasting in this church. We're going to be calling fast, three-day fast, seven-day fast, one-day fast, 14-day fast, 21-day fast, 40-day fast. We're going to be calling fast. Because, listen, the, the Bible says we, when, when Christ is no longer with us, we will have a need to fast. Okay? The, what, deny, practicing denying yourself. We have to practice. How many of you like to eat food? Mm-hmm. How many meals you have a day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rituals is three meals a day. You know what's a trip? That our spirit man is hungry too. How many meals does the spirit man get a day? But wait, wait. If you only feed the spirit man, this word on Wednesday and Sunday, your spirit is starving five days. Therefore, your flesh is way stronger than your spirit. We're going to have to balance this thing and feed our spirit man just as much as we are feeding our flesh man. And we will see the power of God take over this flesh. How many of you are tired of making mistakes? Amen. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> verse, verse 7 one more time. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Okay, so it goes back to what? Obedience once again. All right? He said, God says, I want you to obey me so much that the ones who persecuted you and cursed you, I'm going to curse them so they can't mess with you no more. Just so I can get you to obey me. Because I have so much for you. If I could get you to just obey me. See, see, that's why Jesus said, pray this prayer. He said, our father who art in heaven, how will it be thy name? And then he says, thy kingdom come. But the kingdom cannot fully manifest and come. Unless it has a vessel that is clean and ready and prepared. Therefore, the power is already in you. The kingdom is already in you, but it's lacking manifestation because of disobedience. If we could just obey God 
we could see the power of God manifest in such a way. I believe like this. I believe you won't have to call 13 people to pray for somebody in the hospital. I believe you could walk past the hospital and your shadow will hit the hospital and folks will just get healed. That's how powerful our God is. He's waiting for the church to become the church and choose him over ourselves. We spend more time planning our day out to please us than we do to please him. Am I telling the truth? Okay, we're going to get this good stuff tonight. Verse number nine. Okay. He God says when we come into when we choose to obey him, put him above ourselves. He said, I'm gonna bless you. In your health, I'm going to bless your land, and I'm going to bless you to prosper in every area. He said, I'm bringing wealth to you. That's a promise, and God won't lie to you. So the enemy has been working so hard to get us to war against one another. Am I telling the truth that the the sad part is we love one another and then fight with one another? Listen, and it all derived from self-motivation. Do you realize the first fight that broke out was between two brothers that loved each other? And the other one, one killed the other one. But what I love about about the story is when, when listen, <clears throat> even back then, Abel died. But yet he lived. Because God came back and said, your brother's blood is screaming from the ground. And so when you are in the will of God, you have to keep living. So, there's, listen, we, there's, no, there's nothing for us to fear. God is going to work out everything in our life. Amen. How many of you believe that? Amen. All right. So, so <clears throat> verse 10. Stop right there. Verse 10. Stop right there. Verse 10. Stop. Verse 10. Stop. All right. Here we go. Now that word, that word is significant. Okay. That means because everyone, we've heard it. Oh, no, God predestined. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He does. But he gives us what's called limited choice. Because he wants you to prove that you're his. He wants you 
to prove you love him. Right? How many of you know <coughs> um, like people that show they show their love? You know, don't just talk about you love me. You show me you love me. (laughs) Don't just talk about it. Be about it. God said, don't just say you love me. Let your actions. Now, and then he says, make a choice. Be either hot or cold. God said, because if you're cold, we already heard what happened with the cold. He will come and get you and get you back home. You know what that feels like, right? If God has to come and get you, that's not a good feeling. When I was a kid and I stayed away from home too long and I'm at the school praying and having a good time, I knew I was supposed to be home. But my dad had to come get me. I would outrun him home because I already knew what was coming. (laughs) And God said, (laughs) if I got to come and get you, there's consequences. Right? But he's going to get you hot. Okay? That is where I'm telling you, you are predestined. He said, be holy, because I'm holy. When he says, be holy, he doesn't put an if in front of it. That means it's a commandment. When God spoke, the winds obeyed. When God spoke, Lazarus was dead for four days, and he obeyed. Don't think that you are exempt from hearing the word of God and obeying it. One way or another, it's going to get real hot in here. (laughs) All right. Okay, go ahead and read it all, Mike. No, 12, a 10. Uh Uh-huh. If. That's all we need to do, that if. So the question is, what's your choice now? Are you going to choose God or is it going to still be about you? That was a question. I'm listening for an answer. God? God? Are we in all agreement? All right. Okay, then let's go on to 11. Let's go, Mike. For this commandment which I command you today is not to be mysterious to you, nor is it to be far off. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over to the sea for us and bring it to us, that mm-hmm. we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near to you in your 
Okay. Verse 14 says, but the word is very near you in your where? And in your that you. Okay. Who's in your heart? All right. So the spirit of the Lord is in your heart. Okay. Then why does your mouth speak contrary to what's in your heart? Mm. <sighs> so we have to understand he, what, what, what Moses is saying. This, this ain't way out in heaven. You got to go up there and get it. It's all. Look, we have the deposit already in us. And all we have to do is speak what is already in us and it shall become. But you cannot let past circumstances that fail cause you to look at failure. You got to keep looking at the wise king and know that he will never fail. That failed, but he didn't. He uses failure to breed success. It went all bad back here so that he could birth you into the newness and you would know that it was God who did it all. Stop looking back and allowing failures to rule your life. They don't belong to you. Those were the crutches that God used. To have you to see who he is. So the writer is telling us. First thing he says. Pay attention to your heart. Where God dwells. And then speak. From your heart. Speak from your heart. Not from your mind. Where does he dwell? So if he's in your heart, can you speak who he is? Who is he? He's Emmanuel. Well, why do you say you're all alone when he's the Lord with us? Ah. When we understand that God has done something amazing, it's already done. The only issue in us walking in the full authority in which Jesus spoke and said we will do greater things than he did. The only thing that prevents us is that we are allowing our minds to dictate what comes out of our mouth. And if we surrender our minds to Christ and speak from the heart where he dwells. So that no matter what happens in your life, you can put a smile on your face and say, this might look dead, but I have a resurrected Savior that works in me. And, and, And so you speak life to something dead and you'll have a whole lot of Lazarus in your life. Stuff that looked dead would just pop up and start working for you. And you'd be, how did that happen? It was God waiting for you to obey him. Now, now, get this. What does it say? 
You don't got to go to heaven to get all this. It's not in the depths of the sea. But it's in your heart. So watch your mouth. Do not speak against the will of God. Oh, this will never happen. Why would you say that? How about with God? All things are possible. And get it so in your spirit. When others tell you, oh, that's all messed up. You say, yep, it might look like that to you. But keep looking at it because I'm a child of the most high God. And God's going to use that to show you how awesome he is in my life. When you start bragging on God like that, God said, that's praise. I'm going to get off of my throne and come down in it because I inhabit the praise of my people. Can you brag on God for a little while and let him be who he wants to be in your life? So we don't have time, but I want to get to. 19 and 20, because those were the main two verses before we get out of here. Let's go. Verse number 19. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you. Okay. That I have set before you life and death. Okay, so, so he says, he, Moses says, I'm calling the earth realm and the heavenly host. I've been spending time with God. They're my witness that I'm giving you this word today. Moses is telling them. He said, I got these witnesses in heaven and on earth for what I speak is true. Go ahead and read it. I call heaven and earth as witness, witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death. Life and death. Blessing and cursing. Blesses, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Okay. Then he said, therefore, and then he told him what the choice was. He said, choose life. He gave them direction with clarity. He didn't even tell them, make a choice. I recommend life. He's, he, look, he, he, he had to speak from the heart. So he said, a commandment. Choose life. Um, can you put John 14, 6 on the board? He said, choose what? Life. He said, choose what? Life. He said, choose life. Jesus said to him, go ahead and read it, Mark. I am the way, uh-huh. the truth, uh-huh. Okay, wait a minute. He said, choose Jesus before Jesus got here. Because he was already here. See, God done it all in the beginning. And then he's working us to what was already done. Because Jesus had not manifested himself in the earth realm, but he was always there. Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Then he says what? No one comes to the Father 
except through me, says the Lord. Well, that scripture alone will help you minister to anyone who is outside of the faith, serving some other religion. There's a whole lot of religion folks out there that use the word but have taken everything out to fit their need so they can manipulate people. That was free. So he, he, he tells us, no one can come to the Father except through me. This life, when you choose life, you become the portal of life. Now go back to Deuteronomy because we got to go home. We're going to finish. 19. Blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. Uh-huh. That both you, that both you and your descendants. He says, when you choose life, when you choose Christ and just stay there, it blesses you and everything that comes after you. Oh, there it goes again. Now, when you choose life, you don't have to worry about your children. Because based on your obedience, blessings flow through you. Down to your children. And when you go on the rest, it will still be flowing four generations deep. So you don't have to worry about your family. All you have to do is be obedient to God and choose life, choose Christ over everything. Verse 20. Okay, wait, wait. So if you don't choose Jesus, you can't love him. If you haven't made him your choice. See, the issue, the issue is this. We choose him on Sunday for two hours. Or we choose him until we allow somebody to do something. Somebody does something and we allow them to change who we are. Isn't it something how you can say, you could, you could say, literally say this with your own mouth. Well, I did this because they did that. Why would you give anyone that much power? Well, I'm, I'm mad. Why are you mad? Because he did this. He's not your Lord. He's not your joy. Jesus is your joy. I dare you choose man over Jesus. Well, she did this. Well, that's on her. What does I got to do with you? When you choose God, stay there. And if they do something wrong, that's between them and God, when you can just let Jesus be Lord of your life. So when somebody does something that's tremendously wrong, if Jesus is Lord of your life, 
you're going to treat them the way Jesus treated you when you did what you did. That's what God is working on with you so that you could be a reflection of who he is. Now get this. Pastor, it hurts sometimes. Now that I can deal with. It does hurt. And it's okay to hurt. Women, can you agree? If you've been through some labor pains, was it joy in the end? Huh? But because some hurt is worth it. Huh? Know this. No matter how painful it is, it's going to be joy in the end. Can you just begin to celebrate God in the middle of your pain? Ah, we're almost done. That, okay, finish 20. I'm going to let you finish this time. And this is all about choice tonight. God chose you. He didn't choose you so that you could be your own God. He allowed you to do that. You messed that all up. So he chose you so that he could become your God. Let me share something with you. I'm so happy that you guys are in the word of God. Because when life hits you, you can stand on the promises of God. And his promise is that if you just obey me, he's, that's it. He doesn't say you got to have a Ph.D., Right. He'll say you got to have a whole clan of folks behind you. He said, if you obey me and just choose me and love me, that if that choice right there, he said, I will take care of everything else in your life. Yeah, but pastor, I'm all alone. No, you're not. You got the best company. Yeah, but pastor, it hurt. I agree with you. There was one thing I was, I remember uh, when my wife was giving birth. And she said, oh, it's painful. And I grabbed her hand and, and made her feel a little better because there was a power of agreement. I don't know what was wrong with her. She wanted me to grab her feet, too, so I had to, <laughs> had to grab her feet. But that's how God works it out. He said, when it's painful, I've got a family that will come into agreement with you. And, and listen, and I allow pain to hit you 
so that you can come into agreement. Because if you come into agreement, he says, I'm there in the midst of it. Sometimes he allows stuff to happen so that power can be released. And it takes you to say, oh, this is too much for me. I need somebody to agree with me. God's going to work it out. You know how when you can't see that he's going to work it out, you just know it's going to work out. And you get somebody that will agree with you. I want to talk to the folks that just know how God works. Not the ones that got to see him work. Just just know how he works. And you could just get one of those ones that just have this crazy dogmatic faith. That knows that nothing is impossible with God. And you come into agreement. God says, that's what I'm wanting from my family. The enemy's trying to keep us spread apart. And we've been like a puppet on a string. And God is saying, stop falling for the okie doke. This is not about you. If we pay attention to the principles that God has laid out for us, we will do the things. I'm not going to say if. I'm going to say when. Because this is a matter of time. There's no way you can get this word and not be changed. You've made a choice. Stick to the plan. Give God a hand of praise.